is called How to Soar on Wings Like Eagles. Yes. Does that bring like a, mem like a verse to your head when I say that? Brilliant. So in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, says this, But those whose hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not be faint. Isaiah 40 is this beautiful passage in the Bible. The prophet Isaiah understood something from nature that we can apply to our lives. He saw eagles soaring effortlessly. And as a prophet, he could see this, is how we are to live our lives in God with our creator. And we can learn so much about nature. I love being out in nature. And God speaks to me quite a lot out in nature. We can learn so much about God and about all the things that, that he wants to show us in nature. So there is this phenomenon where, um, which is where, like, where, where hot air is created on the earth, when there's hot air, it kind of rises because the air around it is less dense, so air rises up into the sky and it starts cooling down. And when it cools down, it stops rising and it just stays there. Um, and what is really interesting about this phenomenon is that when things are getting heated at the ground, it, create a, it creates a perfect condition for soaring. Eagles use these thermal um, to soar effortlessly as it rises from one thermal to another. Now, I wonder what our natural response is when walking through heated situations. Is it a time when we come close to God? We saw with him as the heat of the situation lifts us up so that we rise above it all, where the view is different, the perspective has changed. Or is our natural response when walking through heated situations to get weary, tired, overwhelmed, maybe we even collapse with the heat? Or is it even to run away from situations? Maybe we get angry or disappointed with God. Do you know that God can deal with our disappointments? He is such a good and faithful God, and he loves us no matter what we're feeling, no matter even if we're upset with him. But what's so beautiful about Isaiah's observation is that the ground level heating up does create this perfect opportunity for us to have a choice. We have a choice in this situation. We can either stay on the ground, keeping our eyes and our steps ahead of us, planning what to do, feeling the intensity of the heat, or we can allow the set of circumstances that's stirring this heat around us, that's making it really uncomfortable, that's making it really intense, and allowing to use that to take us to the heights. There is something about being close to our circumstances where it can feel like we're walking in the fire. We may even feel beaten, defeated, too tired to carry on. 
What if instead of being in the fire of struggles and difficulties and worries, we take the opportunity to dig deeper into God in our prayers, in our fellowship, we let it take us to new heights in God. We draw closer to him. What if as we draw closer to God in whatever is going on in our lives, the intensity reduces? Because there's something about rising up above the situation, rising above the intensity of the situation, that it feels like it's getting less, it's diminishing. I imagine that we have all had situations where we have been high up, whether it's in a plane or a tall building. Maybe we were energetic enough to, to climb a mountain. And there is something about looking at everything from this great height. Everything looks so different to when we're close up. And even though we, we can no longer see the details in fully, we can see everything together as a picture. It all comes together. We can see around it. We can see above it. We can see so much more the further away that we are. And we see how everything fits together. And sometimes we may even feel close to God. don't know if you've had that. You've climbed a mountain and you're looking out at a beautiful scene. And you just feel close to God somehow because you have a different perspective. You see things the way God sees things in a, in a different way. And it draws us closer to him. Wouldn't it be amazing to be able to soar over life's problems just as the eagles ride effortlessly on the thermals and currents. This is exactly what happens when we hope in the Lord. So how do we soar on wings like eagles? How do we rise above our situation and see it from a different perspective? How do we allow the heat of the situation take us closer to God and out of the intensity of the situation? If you want to soar on wings like eagles, then Isaiah says we need to have hope in the Lord. To have hope in the Lord, you need to know him. And you need to continually get to know him. You won't be able to help yourself to not have hope in him the more that you get to know him. So this is really key to soaring on wings like eagles, is getting to know your Lord and Savior. Spending time getting to know him. Before we get to verse 31 of Isaiah 40, where we are soaring on wings like eagles and running and not getting weary, walking and not being faint, Isaiah talks about the awesomeness of God. How can we put our hope in something that is not constant, that is not faithful? Yet we do do it. We do we put our hope sometimes in, in our job, but then we lose our job. Or we can sometimes put our hope in relationships, but then something happens or they break down or they cause us pain. Sometimes we put our hope in our savings and then we spend it all and it's all gone. Then where does our hope 
Where is our hope? Some things are not constant. Some things are not faithful. So I'd like to read this Isaiah 40 um, that describes a God who is always constant, who is always powerful, where all wisdom comes from. And as I read this passage, remember that it's describing your heavenly Father. It's describing a God who sent his son to die for you so that he would reveal himself to you and save you and rescue you. It's a long passage, so I'm going to skip some verses. But if you've got it in your Bible, go to Isaiah 40. And I'm going to read verse, start at verse 8. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. Verse 10. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power And he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Verse 13. Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counsellor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on scales. He weighs the islands as as though they were just fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altered fires nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him, all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? Verse 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. Verse 25. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. 
Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is the almighty, powerful, awesome God that's being described here. He is constant. He is true. He is faithful. He will not let you down. And we can put our hope in him. There's nothing that can compare to him that we can put our hope in that's so constant, that's so real, that's so true. And if we want to be those that soar on wings like eagles, we need to put our hope in the Lord. But how do we put our hope in the one we do not know? We need to know him. We need to understand who he is. As much as our brain will allow us, as much as our heart will let us, he is the one that we can count on. And we need to be those who tell one another of our stories, of, of how he has been faithful. I love the stories that Kofo was bringing and other people sharing of healings and encounters with him. Knowing that God in my messed up situation, that I can know joy and peace in my messed up situation. Because in him I put my hope. And when I put my hope in him, he fills me with himself by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I can know joy and peace. What has happened in your life? Where did God help you? Did you feel confident about something where on the face of it, it all looked too messed up? It doesn't make sense. Why are you hopeful? It doesn't make sense. Why are you at peace? It doesn't make sense. Why are you filled with joy, skipping around? You should be miserable. And this is what God does. This is what putting our hope in him does. It does something supernaturally in our hearts and our minds. Hebrews 6 says that this hope is an anchor to our soul, firm and secure. You know, an anchor keeps us, holds us. That's what hope does. So if we want to soar on wings like eagles... We need to know God so that we can put our hope in him because this hope is an anchor to our soul. It holds us. It steadies us. It keeps us feeling secure in him. Ephesians 1, 18 to 19 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us to believe. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope which he has called you. He has called you to a hope. The glorious riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for those who 
believe. He gives power to the weak when we put our hope in him. This is one of my most favorite passages in the Bible. And it's about asking God to open the eyes of our hearts so that that we can have a knowledge of him that goes deeper than, than our understanding. Because the more we know God, who he is, and who we are in relationship to God, then hope will abound. The more we get to know our Heavenly Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, we will discover more fully the inheritance of his glorious riches that he has for us and his incomparably great power that is there for us. If getting to know God helps us to know him, he encourages us to have confidence in him that we need to take time to get to know him because we are being encouraged by him. He gives us confidence. Let's get to know him. We can share our stories, learn more about him, sit with him. There's so many ways that we can learn more about God. And this is really important. And we can really help one another as well to learn more about God by sharing our stories, by reading the word together, by praying for one another, for fresh revelations. If we are to soar on wings like eagles, then we need to know our God so that we can be fully confident in him. You know, when I said that God can cope with us being upset with him and angry with him, he can cope with it. But the thing about knowing God more and soaring on wings like eagles and being close to God that all that anger and disappointment just melts away. Something really powerful about coming close to God and understanding the heart of God. You can't be angry with God for long when you love him and when you know him and you see what he's doing for you, that he is on your side. And yes, we do get life's disappointments and things don't always go the way we want, the way we even hoped they would go. God is constant. God is always the same. You know, when we put our hope in him, it's a heart connection with God. It's more than just words that come in out of our mouth when we're praying to him. It's, it's connecting with him in spirit. And, um, and this is really important that, that when we spend time with God, we, we can go through the motions a little bit and we can pray and we can do our bit, tick our box. Yes, I've prayed. I need to get on my life now. Da, 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 whatever. But that won't help us to get to know God. That just is like, if anything, it's like it almost disconnects us a little bit more from God because we're not actually thinking about him or aware of him. The way we are to pray to God is to take those moments when we're with him. And it may be that we don't even need to say a word because, you know, he already knows what your needs are. He knows every single thing about you. And all he wants from us is us, is our heart, 
is our connecting with him. And as we do that, he strengthens us, he empowers us, and transforms us by the Holy Spirit. As we saw with him, we see our situation from a different perspective. And instead of fear, we can be brave because of the confidence that we have when knowing that we're not alone because he is right there with us. There's been times when, like, um, I've been really, like, really upset and I've been praying and I've been crying and I've been cross and I've just like said to God oh this that and the other and just praying and I encounter God in those moments and he touches my heart and in those moments I feel this sense to say God you are right in all of this you are right Even in my lack of understanding, even if things don't seem to be going my way, you are right. And I put my trust in him. My hope is this anchor to my soul. And as I get to know him, as I spend time with him, he puts my feet on solid ground. Romans 5 talks about how he is working in our lives. It says that hope does not put us to shame. From the moment we put our hope in him, he pours out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. Our hope does not put us to shame. We won't be disappointed with the hope in God. We can hope in God and we know it's true forever. We won't be embarrassed. We won't be put to shame. We won't be disappointed. We can be confident about the hope we have in him. That hope is a firm foundation for our faith to believe in his words and in his promises. We need to know the one that we're putting our hope in. Romans um, 5, 3 to 4 also talks about how we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Suffering produces hope. We glory in our sufferings because we become more like him in our sufferings. And our hope in him increases. It's worth asking yourself how you deal with difficult situations. Challenge yourself. Does it look like a time of growth in your life? Or does it destroy your trust in God? There is something really important for us to understand. Bad things never happen to teach us a lesson. Bad things in your life are not happening because God wants to teach you a lesson. God never says, I will give someone sickness or a heartache or or whatever to teach them perseverance or to teach them character. If that has ever been in your thinking, you just need to raise that right now. You know, the devil, the enemy is real. 
And his plan and purpose is to disconnect you from the love of God. To make you think that God is not on your side. God does not love you. His purpose is to steal, kill and destroy all that is true, all that is noble, all that is right and pure and lovely. Bad things happen because, because there is the devil in this world. There are also people in this world who are rebelling against the lordship of Jesus, living their life as they see fit. And there is trouble in this world because sin, sin entered this world and started corrupting it from, from the Garden of Eden. That's why bad things happen to us. It's not because God wants to teach you a lesson. Whatever suffering comes your way, it did not come from God. The God who loves you will help you in your suffering, will be with you in your suffering so that you will glory, so that you will rise up like the eagles and you will grow in perseverance and in character and in hope as you allow the heat of the situation to rise you up to be with him. No one is immune to becoming weak, are weary, but the antidote is always hope in the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15 verse 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, if you are here amongst us today and you have never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, to be the one that you live for, you have never known such love where you feel that joy and peace in difficult situations, when situations are difficult. In times of difficult, all you have known is hopelessness and shame. No, you can simply ask Jesus to come and be the Lord of your life, to be the center of your life, the things that we've been singing about this morning. You can ask Jesus to be the center of your life and he will set you free from all shame and all guilt and will fill you with joy and peace. Isaiah 40, 31 but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You know when you are walking in hope, it's because you have peace and joy. You know it. And if you are struggling and you don't feel peace and joy, no, that's okay. Because it's just a sign that can provoke us to say that actually we need to ask God to fill us with joy and peace. Ask those around you to stand with you, to pray with you. Talk to people that in your connect, people that you trust. 
and ask them to pray with you. Let's pray together. Let's support one another where we're struggling. Say to someone that, that this, you know, you can just say to someone that, that there's a situation in my life where I feel like joy and peace is being robbed from me. And I just need the power of the Holy Spirit to help me so that hope overflows from me again in this situation. Of course, you can pray on your own. And there are times when this is appropriate, but praying with others can lift up our spirits and really help us to soar together, to find that place where we can get close to God. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to reveal his word to you, for other people. Talk to people in your connect, encourage them. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7 says, The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but with every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, I would like to just end on this poem, going back to an earlier verse that I read in Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I do pray that God of hope will fill us all with joy and peace as we trust in him so that we will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. But I also pray that as we overflow with hope, that the overflow will reach others in the world around us. The hope that we have is so wonderful, so powerful, so restorative, You have a wonderful message of hope that gives power when you you are weak, that strengthens you when, when you are weary. Let me encourage you to talk about the awesomeness of God to other people. How can anyone put their hope in God if they do not know him? As much as we need to know God so that we have this hope that anchors us. We need to be telling people about God so they discover someone that is constant, that is true, that is faithful, somebody that they can put their hope in. You have this amazing message that's carried carried around with you everywhere you go. And I pray that God will open your eyes to the hopelessness in people around us so you can bring that message of hope, telling them the wonders of our almighty God. Let's not be ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God to save. So when things are hotting up, rather than letting it get us down, rather than letting it wear us down, may we see it as an opportunity to draw close to God, allowing him to minister to our hearts as we hope in the Lord and use the heat of the situation 
to soar and rise up on eagles' wings. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> now, I'd just love to just end this moment just to, just to pray for us. Um, so if you want to just stand on your feet and position yourself to, just to receive from God. The Holy Spirit sees everything. He knows everything. He knows what you're going through. Now a God who's awesome, almighty, who sits on his throne, says, come and sit with me. Come and sit with me. Come into my presence. Let me speak into your heart and life. Let me minister to you my grace, my power. Let me strengthen you in this moment. Yes, Lord God, we receive you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just pray for each and every one of us here in this room that you will open the eyes of our heart so that we see you, that we know you more deeply. Let us see who you are, Lord God. Let us see who we are in relation to you. Let us know you more. So it gives us that assurance, that confidence in the one who we put our hope. Father, we just say, have your way. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Amen.